Good morning, everybody, and Merry Christmas from the Pool Cleaner Hour. I hope you guys are enjoying the holiday. I hope you got whatever you might have wanted, be it gifts or time with family. I know as I get older, there's less material things I want and more of just experiences or just time, honestly. Just uh, being able to sleep in, wake up, see the snow, not have to worry about work and all that. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna go over a, a heavy one today, actually. As you may have seen by the title, this uh, this isn't a Merry Christmas. This is about a Christmas family massacre. So buckle in and relax in your mind's pool to heat up or cool down as I spend the next little bit making you feel generally terrible. All right, here we go. Aziz Yazdan Panam, a 56-year-old man, would dress in a Santa Claus suit on Christmas morning. He would show up to his in-law's doorstep and fatally shoot his estranged wife Fatima Ramati, their son Ali, and their daughter Nona. He would murder his wife's sister Zora Ramati and her husband Mohammed Hossein Zarai, along with their daughter Sarah. The first 911 call that day came from inside the apartment at 11.36 a.m. A low whispered rasp asking for help in a faint and breathless voice. Officers who responded to the call found a horrific scene. After kicking the door open, they would walk into a scene from the bowels of hell itself. Seven bodies sprawled among open Christmas presents and wrapping paper in the living room. The television was still playing Christmas specials, hauntingly cascading over the otherwise dead silence in the home. Victims were still in their Christmas pajamas. All had been shot at least once, directly in the head, in an almost execution fashion. Aziz is a former real estate agent. He was out of work and struggling financially. His wife, Fatima, had left him in a house that had no electricity or running water and little furniture at the time of his death. Although she was a private person, Fatima confided in a co-worker that she had to leave because of the terrible living conditions. She was working two jobs to support the family, as Aziz did absolutely nothing to contribute. Soon, Fatima would take the children and move to an apartment and begin filing for divorce. Now, friends of Aziz... They would describe him as a loving father and somebody who enjoyed joking and drinking with friends. In fact, one of his closest friends, John Myra, described him as a friendly and very generous man. John also shed some light on the boiling pot, however, underneath the happy facade of Aziz, the tension of the couple that Aziz often blamed on Fatima's sister rather than his own shortcomings as a man. He would insist that... They were fine until Fatima talked to her sister for a little while, and then she would come home and be different, be a be a man-hating person, or so he would insist, rather than acknowledging that Fatima was getting an outside source, saying, basically, girl, why are you putting up with this? Now, a friend of the family told Fox News, the Fox News host Nancy Grace, that Fatima didn't really want to make him angry, so with the help of her sister, she decided to just buy the basic things for her apartment. She was very quiet, very super kind lady. She was a peacemaker. 
She just didn't want anything to happen to her kids. She was a really wonderful mom and was always protecting her kids. However, according to this family friend, when Aziz saw that the marriage was ending, he began selling their furniture and their rugs, and he'd use that money to pay for prostitutes in motel rooms. Federal court records would also show that Aziz was placed on three years probation in 1996, after he pleaded guilty to one count of subscribing to a false income tax return. He was fined $1,000 and would be required to pay back $30,119. Another friend, Mark Beglery, would tell police that Aziz would state his sister-in-law had control over his wife and his children. They would listen to her instead when she called him evil. Then after Fatima had left him and planned a party with her sister, she did specifically say, Aziz, you are not invited to be here. Mark also mentioned in his phone interview that he spoke to Aziz shortly before this Christmas Eve. He explained that he was planning to attend the party hosted by his wife's sister and her husband. He said Aziz was furious. Mark hypothesized that this may have been a final breaking point. He would say, they denied him his pride, Mark would say. They took his family away, Mark added, conveniently leaving out the fact that Aziz wasn't providing any financial security, was actively cheating on his wife, and forcing her to work two jobs just to get by. Mashi Madhai, a friend of Fatima who owns a beauty salon near the divorced couple's old apartment, said the family's financial troubles intensified about four years ago when Aziz completely stopped working. Mashi explained that previously Aziz had long forbidden Fatima, who held a state cosmetology license, to work at all. But once he became unemployed, suddenly he was completely fine, letting her work not just one, but two jobs to support him and the children. Friends of Aziz and Fatima's daughter Nona would also shed light on more of the family's internal issues. Nona, who was going to a community college to begin a foundation towards becoming a lawyer, had an incredibly strict and controlling childhood. One of her classmates, Lacey Reed, explained in an interview with Dallas Morning News that Nona would come to school crying and telling us that her dad was crazy. He wouldn't let her wear certain things. He was always taking her phone away, checking her call history, checking her text messages. And that he hated her boyfriend, who wasn't the race that he demanded she date within. They would also claim that Nona told them their father had installed cameras all around the home so that he could watch the family coming and going as well as nailing her bedroom window shut just so she wouldn't even have a notion, even an idea of thinking about escaping at night to do anything. Fatima's sister Zora and her husband Muhammad had an apartment at a Dallas location that everybody loved. It was a large ranch fit for a Christmas spectacular and on the eve of the holiday, they had several people over, and Fatima was able to enjoy the festivities with her two children. She didn't know that this was going to be their last night together, but she did know it was their holiday with family, and the stars of a new future were shining above them. And This party, it was a wonderful time on a ranch with new beginnings and friends that she had probably not seen in a very long time with how much she was working, and the children probably felt... The, uh, a true glimmer of hope knowing that their mom was finally standing up and, and getting out of this situation. After the party, they went to Zora's apartment in Grapevine. The families would wake up and start their morning as any other Christmas morning, gathering around the tree, Christmas specials on the TV, and everyone excitedly opening gifts. To everyone's 
pure annoyance, Aziz would show up at the door dressed as Santa. He stood there like a jackass, smiling and wanting to come in, not wanting to make an awkward situation worse. The family, unaware of his evil intentions, let him inside. And it gives, it just gives such a disgusting vampire vibe. Like he just stood at the doorway until being invited in, as if he was using that as permission to continue his task, which is, it, it, when you kind of look into true crime and you look back at like, as serial killers, as much as, as much as we all do now, it, it's kind of a common thing. That's, um, you know, some serial killers, they would check the door and if it wasn't locked, they would think that was an invitation to come in and do their job. Or if they would stand at the door like a salesman and wait to be invited in. Like literal vampires. Aziz's niece, Sarah Zari, was texting with her boyfriend with her first statement reading, So we're here. We just got here. My uncle is here too, dressed as Santa. Awesome. And then her last one continued with, Now he wants to be all fatherly and try to win father of the year. It was moments later that Aziz took out handguns and began shooting. Fatima Ramadi, who was 55 and had been married to Aziz for 24 years, none of this mattered to him. He simply shot her in the head. He moved to their 14-year-old son, Ali, whom he would execute in the same fashion, and then their 19-year-old daughter, Nona. Zora Ramadi, the sister-in-law, was 58 when Aziz turned his rage to her. Her execution was followed by her husband, Muhammad, who was 59, and then their daughter, who was Aziz's niece, Sarah, who was 22. After the mindless slaughter, Aziz called the police. He would whisper, help me, I'm shooting people. He then looked at the people he murdered. Maybe reality clicked and he woke up from his bloodlust. Or maybe he just pissed himself in fear at the inevitable repercussions that would follow. No one knows what he was thinking, but standing there in a Santa suit, he would take the coward's way out. A cliché end for the cliché existence of a failed man. Aziz would then shoot himself in the head, and that's how police would find him. It didn't take long for people to see the last names of the killer and victims before a lot of online crazies would start setting up their own conspiracies. Stories of this being an honor killing or a secret jihad cells are actually still pretty rampant online. The idea of an honor killing coming from the fact that in certain cultures, uh, sometimes men would slay their own family, especially if it's a girl or a woman, who is perceived to have brought dishonor in some way to their family. It's, it's dumb. This had nothing to do with that killing. But when I was looking up this case and trying to find stuff on it, I found what shouldn't, it shouldn't have been alarming considering the world we live in, but all the, all the same, I actually felt a little taken aback. I was actually kind of surprised. There were so many racially charged sites trying to report on this massacre. Aziz was just, he's just another pussy with a gun. He's a jackass that couldn't handle his own failings as a father, his incompetence as a husband, and his own inadequacies as a man. It's not some conspiracy. It's not some weird honor killing. It's just a fucking loser that had access to guns. Sergeant Roger Eberling of the Grapevine Police Department would tell ABC News, We never really have encountered a situation with this many victims that were shot and killed. We're still trying to uncover the background here. We really don't have a clear idea of why he did this. Sometimes there's not a good explanation for irrational behavior. But this is just, this is the worst homicide we've ever had. 
Fatima and her children are buried next to each other in Restland Memorial Park in Dallas, Texas. Fatima did everything right that could possibly be reasonably expected of somebody in her position. She got away from the toxic husband, she moved in with a loved one, and she kept hitting the grind to provide for her children. Sure, hindsight tells us, yeah, she definitely should have called the police immediately when she saw her estranged husband dressed as Santa outside. But most likely, just like their niece's text message conveyed, she probably also saw it as just this sad attempt to earn back some brownie points. This was somebody she was married to for 24 years, and for a large chunk of that, she was financially taking care of them. So, you know, at that point, it's it's not even, you don't even see them as a spouse, you know, let alone as, as a, a, a man or as somebody that's going to lash back. He was just, he was this grubby, pathetic little man, but not one anybody would have suspected to take things to such a deranged level. And unfortunately, that's about all we know with this case. Uh, we don't know where Aziz's body was taken to. That's probably to, uh, I guess, I guess take away the privilege of using that gravesite as a gender-neutral bathroom, as it should be, and as his legacy of a life should be. But we do know the family is all buried together. And I guess at the end of the day, who gives a shit where Aziz is buried? Hopefully, like, we just threw his body in, like, I don't know, some grave where dogs can have it. Or, you know, some mushrooms can grow out of it. So maybe in his death, his corpse can do something decent. But all right, guys, that's all I got. I hope you have a Merry Christmas. And, uh, yeah. If you guys uh, want to let me know your thoughts for future episodes or previous episodes, feel free to follow me on Instagram at tinkerbuff underscore. Any social media, if you want to find me, just look up Tinkerbuff. <coughs> um, sometimes there's like an underscore here or there, but you'll generally find me that way. Mostly just using Instagram and Letterboxd. Alright guys, I'll see you all, well, not only next Monday, but next year. Huh? Alright, goodbye.